Hey, welcome to another episode of the Welcome to the Table podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Khalil. And I am Sean Solveri. The second co-host, and we're just so glad <laughs> to have you joining us for another episode. You know, one of the things we like to do every um, every month is just introduce us to one new spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are really significant. They're really they're part of the great Christian tradition for the last uh, several thousand years, and they do a number of things. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but they help us both resist some of the influences of our culture, but also they help us embrace the renewed life and the regenerated heart that God has given us and move us closer and closer to him uh, and help us to be reformed as image bearers of Christ. I don't know if you'd add anything to that, Sean. One of the thoughts that I had as we were talking about this several months ago of, hey, we should probably uh, tap into some of the rich history of Christian tradition is that some things are forgotten about or they've become misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And to kind of go back to our roots, almost like this ancient futurism type of thing, it can actually be almost a relearning or even like an unlearning some things in order to uh, in order to foster growth that we didn't even know was available to us, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 kind of this thing where we we're actually tapping into the great great cloud of witnesses that we have, and uh, it's something that is actually very old, mm-hmm. like we've talked about meditation, some different things, but it's actually becomes new again, right. and so that's that's one of the thoughts that we had when we were chatting about doing this type of a thing too. Yeah, and so. Uh, We want to do the same thing with this episode as we dive into the spiritual discipline of fasting. And something that we try to do with all these episodes is we we simply want to define what we mean. What is the discipline? What is fasting? Why is it important? And how does this help us in our daily lives? And then kind of give a little bit of a history or some biblical precedent to help us understand and see how this has been a part of the Christian tradition and a part of, uh, you know, the faith that we are walking in as, as Christians. And then uh, by the end, we want to give you some practical ways to maybe get started or step into it if you haven't, or maybe uh, you want to approach this discipline from a new way. Hopefully we can give you some tools for that as well. And so that's the goal of the yeah. episode. And so, Sean, what exactly is fasting? Get us started. Well, it's defined many different ways, and I think this is probably one of the more misunderstood uh, disciplines or practices that we have. So um, one of the better definitions that I've heard comes from Scott McKnight, um, and he says that it's an abstinence from sustenance, or in other words, it is to abstain from food and drink and or drink in order to um, develop and grow with, in intimacy with Creator God. Mm. Um, so that that's kind of the the idea there. Or he would also say Scott McKnight would say it is a response to a grievous sacred moment, and we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, that's good. And I've had you know in talking to a lot of people about fasting, um, I've had a lot of people suggest you know, hey, fasting doesn't have to just be food. It doesn't have to just be food. Right. You can fast anything. You can fast, you know, from your phone. You can fast from video games. You can fast from from Netflix, whatever. And so, you're saying specifically food, right? Um, why? Why is that? Yeah, I think the main reason why is that's what we see in the scriptures. Mm. So that's what we see with the Jewish tradition and the ch- Christian tradition that followed uh, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Um, that it is only seen as 
of food or um, uh, liquids, which are things that we need. They are necessities. Some of those other things are not. We don't need video games. We don't, although some might say we do. <laughs> we don't need uh, television or our phones, although it is easy for us to be addicted to those things. They do not sustain a life. They're not sustenance, whereas food and drink is uh, like uh, air is, except for, you know, yeah. in three minutes or whatever, without yeah. air, you're going to die. So <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's, that's one of the reasons there. That's good. And I would maybe even add, I like that the primary reason is because this is what the scriptures are referring to. Correct. And that's a great point because scriptures are authority. And secondly, I think you kind of touched on it, but the idea that we we actually need food to survive, mm-hmm. where, where these other things aren't necessities of life. So therefore, when we're fasting and we're praying, we are giving up something that is actually essential to living because we're saying, man, as much as I need food to, to live, my body needs food to be sustained. Um, Mm -hmm. I need blank more. I need God more. I need this breakthrough more, whatever it is that we're fasting for. Um, we need this more. We we, are seeking God with more desperation than we do, uh, food itself. Right. Right. And the idea, there's this idea that fasting is almost inevitable Mm. within uh the grand narrative of scripture the story of scripture you see it that it's actually a kind of dallas willard would say it's a normal thing Mm -hmm. um if we've talked about dallas willard if you're new to the podcast or whatever go check out uh, some of his books and readings but um it's more it's more of a, a natural inclination for us we naturally respond to certain things um, pains, hurts, frustrations, uh, predicaments, circumstances, unwelcomed or welcome uh, situations by fasting in one sense. Um, it, it seems natural to be the thing that we do uh, be, uh, when nothing else seems to uh, fit. Mm. And so it's kind of this weird paradox where it's um, a body and spirit uh intertwined response to a sacred moment, a grievous moment, um, uh, or moments in our lives. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's kind of a, a fun study to do, especially as we look at the ancient practice mm-hmm. piece yeah. of it. Cause, cause today, sorry, I know Chloe, you want to say something today. It's, it's misconstrued in one sense, especially on the cultural level. Yeah. I think we've got a different idea of what fasting might actually even be. Yeah, and so that to touch on the maybe some differences between biblical fasting and cultural fasting, uh, real quick. Uh, cultural fasting is it's even people who are not Christians know about the term fasting, but you right. can fast for a variety of different purposes, and maybe a, a cultural reason for fasting isn't the same as a biblical reason for fasting. I think right. we've talked before, uh, just you and I personally, about how you know. Culturally, you can fast for the purpose of a cleanse, right, or weight right. loss or whatever. There's a number of different purposes. I don't know. Would you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think even like just the the health, um, the health conscience, those who are health conscious, you know, that we would, it's kind of jump-starting your weight loss journey or it's uh, cleansing your body of toxins. So it's kind of funny, not funny maybe, but it's interesting that a fasting would actually be very healthy 
um, for you as well. It can go way too far. Desert Fathers showed us that, um, and, and mothers as well, um, which we might touch on here. But, you know, in reality, to cleanse your body um, over a period of a certain amount of days is actually really healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that might be is, and this is a Christian thing, that sometimes we fast in order to get something from God. Mm-hmm which isn't necessarily seen in the scriptures. Um, not that not that we don't receive something from him. Um, I, I would argue that you absolutely do. Mm-hmm. But the point of fasting is not to get something uh, or a result from God for him to give us something, but it is because our affections are stirred toward him. Mm-hmm. And um, we've beheld who he is, and we see really this grievous state of our world right now. And so it only seems right to enter in and abstain from food and, and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that answers the question, if you wanted to add more to that. but Yeah, no, maybe just a simplification. I would say a cultural cleanse might be for earth i just use the term cleanse but a, a cultural <laughs> fast might be for the purpose of cleansing yeah. um where a spiritual fast or a christian fast is for the purpose of spiritual and bodily realignment with jesus yeah aligning our souls um you know i think of john 15 when jesus says uh that he is the vine we are the branches abide in him and sometimes i think about the other times when jesus says i'm the way the truth and the life you know or there's a there's a narrow path and there's a wide path yeah. and uh, he is the narrow path. And in life, just the reality is that as I lose focus, as we lose focus on our Savior, we can start to veer towards the wide path or get off the path, step step onto the on the margins or, or, or cease to abide with our Savior. And fasting is a great way to realign our heart, uh, move into a proper heart posture, submission to him um, in, in those ways. So Yeah, yeah, you're right. So what would you say then... Um, kind of moving from what fasting is to why it's important or how it helps us. Yeah. What would you say there? Well, one of the, one of the great, I think, hidden gems on fasting is Daniel and, um, Daniel chapter nine specifically. Um, it is in my, I don't know how sound the, theologically this is (laughs) but in my opinion it is one of the greatest ways that we can turn our face our faces toward our creator Mm. Um, it's one of the best ways for us to do that when we're talking about why it's important Um, because you and I and every person who draws breath our tendency is to see our ways as wise wiser and wisest Mm. rather than God's we tend to turn our faces and this is like you just touched on this idea of a posture. It's not just a physical posture, but it's also really a heart posture, a a soul posture that my tendency is to drift not into holiness, but into all kinds of other things to posture my, myself toward uh, finding hope in all kinds of other ways yeah. and paths other than Jesus. And fasting really um, is one of the best practices we have to restructure, realign, and turn our face toward um, toward Creator God. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, 
Daniel has a series of visions and he's troubled by them. And it says, um, it says verse three, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And then he prays and he asks for forgiveness. (laughs) Mm. So he can, he confesses the sin of his nation, the nation of Israel, but he uses the, the, um, communal terminology, we and us, um, we have sinned and he owns that uh, as well, even though he was probably not even alive for most of the Israel's rebellion, Mm -hmm. but he asked for forgiveness for rebellion. And so, um, it's one of the greatest ways that we can, uh, that we realign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I would, I would want to know, what do you think? Like what, why is it important? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, from my experience with fasting is, um, and I think it's, you know, we want to, we want to look at theology and what the scripture says and our experience kind of comes secondary, but experience definitely still speaks. And what mm-hmm. the, one of the things I've noticed through just being obedient in fasting and stepping into it is how much it humbles my own heart uh, and how how much it, it slows me down. And like we've said, it aligns my heart with Jesus. So um, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but I always try to fast with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, in for during the, whatever duration I'm fasting, if it's a day, if it's a couple of days, whatever, um, I'm, I'm fasting and I'm seeking the Lord's face and everything else kind of slows down. And I just notice this growing of gentleness in my heart. And I, I, I begin to listen to the voice of the Lord more effectively. And it's, you know, it's a quieting of my, myself. And, um, in that, what I see is our, our own desires and our wants and the things we're so focused on throughout the day continue to grow, uh, strangely dim in light of who God is. Mm-hmm. And I always notice my awareness of God in the little moments in the quiet times, all of those things increase, uh, drastically. And so, um, as we've talked about fasting, we're fasting food, um, which is something our body needs so that we can seek God more faithfully, more effectively, more intentionally. Uh, I notice that the desires of my flesh decrease, uh, my, the things of my flesh that are not good, my selfishness, my greed, my pride, my arrogance, all of those things yeah. are, are kind of laid down at the table. And, and I, I, I encounter more of, I don't know, more of, more of the life that God has for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit about it, but uh, oh. the, the point is, you know, there's always this battle between flesh and spirit. I think Galatians 5 is a great passage for that. Yeah. That even shows us what the fruit of the flesh is, and they're not good things. And then you have uh, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all things that uh, the Holy Spirit produces within us as regenerated beings um, under, with, uh, in Christ. We are given this new nature, but we can tend to step out of it step out of a line with it. And so when I fast, I'm submitting my flesh and I'm embracing more of the spirit. And so I notice actual transformation in myself and who I am through fasting. Yeah. I think it's also uh, interesting, you know, you you get, you might get tired of hearing it, but um, like why get baptized? Well, Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So why fast? Well, Jesus, Jesus did. (laughs) 
you know, and I think there's like all of the practices that we will hit on and touch on and talk through it's worship. Mm -hmm. It's worship. And, um, and it helps us fight temptation. There's a great, um, quote, I'm forgetting who it's by right now. Um, I think it's Augustine and we'll have to kind of unpack this a little bit. So hang with us listeners. Uh, it helps us fight uh, on the lines of helping us fight temptation. Augustine says, because it is sometimes necessary to check the delight of the flesh in respect to licit pleasures in order to keep it from yielding to illicit joys. So those pleasures and those things in life that aren't necessarily bad, Mm -hmm. it's not bad to delight in a good steak dinner. Mm -hmm. I love steak dinners for all of our (laughs) vegan and uh, listeners. It's, it's the, you know, my wife, she just loves a good, like salad, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and those things are not bad, but to check those things in order to fight against the desires and things or indulging in desires in a way that is improper or sinful Mm -hmm. or rebellious. And so, um, it's that that's basically what Augustine's talking about right there. Um, so yeah, laying down our flesh, laying down our desires, picking up the spirit and, and God's desires through fasting. So, um, yeah. And his, so historically throughout the scriptures, we see fasting was, man, fasting was very common, very regular. Mm -hmm. Uh, as we read the old Testament, you see various prophets fast, um, for, for various purposes. I think of, you know, Jesus himself. Jesus uh, talks a lot about fasting. And he says specifically, when you fast, and then gives instruction, which shows he believed it would be normal. It would be a normal part of the believer's uh, regular life and regular rhythms of faithfulness and rhythms of worship. So Jesus himself uh, kind of expected and anticipated that we would be fasting. And, and it's part of the, the whole Jewish tradition overall. And so um, right. I think that gives us great precedence to realize, like, this, huh, it was so common and so regular, and yet it's something that's kind of become, I don't know what you would say, uh, it's irregular. Right. And like we said, kind of misunderstood yeah. here. So, yeah. And confused even. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um it's almost something that it's, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's something I can't do. And there are certainly people that need to not there. And we're not going to get into all of that. Um, but if you struggle with, uh, certain dietary issues and things Mm -hmm. like that, you know, there's different ways to fast. Uh, You know, you're, you know, you say you're, you're going to eat only certain foods. That's very much what Daniel and his companions did. Um, but, the three when you statements in Matthew chapter six, when you give, when you fast, when you pray, Mm -hmm. they were all three Jewish traditional Jewish uh, practices that were done from long, long ago. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's very much a part of what. And so it's, it's interesting too, if you think it was so common in the Jewish culture and it's been really common throughout Christian culture, throughout the last couple thousands of years. And it's still actually common uh, for Christians in other parts of the world, but Mm -hmm. it's become really rare in places like the United States. And part of that, I think, is because um, fasting is really a posture of incredible dependence on God. Totally. You know, you're saying, um, 
I'm recognizing my need is so severe, so great. There's nothing else I can do apart from fasting to God. And mm-hmm. in our culture, we have this abundance culture where, you know, oh, it's very easy to not be in need. Yeah. Um, we have what we need. We've got food on the table. We've got provisions. We've got amenities. We've got uh, things are pretty good here. And I think that <laughs> abundance culture can actually lead us away from fasting because we don't we don't have that same sense of need. Right. And right. And desperation is what drives us to fasting. So I think in our abundance, our material abundance, we miss that we are still spiritually desperate, yeah. spiritually dependent on our on our Lord. So um, right. there, I think our culture itself and the abundance that we have can actually be a hindrance to fasting, which kind of pinpoints why we need to be intentional about pursuing it. Right. And that abundance culture goes well beyond economic status, too, because I could see some some college kids like, yo. I eat ramen every other day, this and that, but it's not even necessarily about what we have. It's that our culture is very much a more abundance at whoever's expense, whatever expense. Mm -hmm. So it's very much a mentality or a, as you said, Khalil, posture. Therefore, the fast breaks that in a way that's beautiful and really healthy. John Calvin said, with a full stomach, our mind is not so lifted up to God. Mm -hmm. That is is a very interesting way of looking at fasting yeah. is um, that it, that dependency there that, um, that it holds. So because well, a full stomach represents satisfaction. I'm, right. I'm full, I'm right. satisfied, I'm content. Yeah. But that's why I think I always want to lift our eyes up to the fact that while our stomachs may be content, our spirits ought not to be mm-hmm. um, because we are not, we are not, um, <laughs> We are not walking in the fullness of the life that Christ offers us. We are not completely restored to the image of God. We are still in desperate need. We still depend on our Savior. And so we should be, so yeah, essentially fasting helps us move into a posture where we are lifting our eyes up to God. Our, to, to, before we go on to the practical piece, a pastor a long time ago said this, and I've held on to it, desperation equals inspiration. If we aren't desperate, what are we? If we're content just with status quo, then I would say that we're probably not on path with Jesus because he, my, my soul needs to constantly be stirred for the brokenness of our world. Mm-hmm. And we are called to be little pockets of heaven. You say it, Timothy Mackey says it, so many others. Little pockets of heaven wherever we go. So there's never to be a satisfaction. Rest in Christ? Absolutely. We can rest in him. We can hang our hat on his victory Mm -hmm. and who he is, what he says, what he's going to do. But there must be a holy discontent. Mm -hmm. And fasting stirs that, stirs that within us. That's even, I think, what Calvin's getting at too. That's good. So... So there's a lot of kind of theology around fasting and, and some of our considerations for it. Uh, I said earlier on, I try to always fast with a purpose and for a purpose. And the reason I say that is because if fasting is giving up food. And so the duration could be totally different. You might give up one meal. You might give up, uh, you might do like a, a um, sunrise to sunset, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and break your fast in the evening. You might do a multi-day fast. There's a lot of different methods but 
without a purpose, I've just experienced that I don't really know why I'm fasting and it doesn't end up feeling effective. I just end up on the other side going, oh man, I was really hungry for a while and nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing changed. I don't really know what I was hoping for. I was just what hoping, I, do? I, was, <laughs> I was hoping God would do something. I was hoping I would hear a voice. I, I don't know. But, but fasting with a purpose allows that fast to become intentional. Mm -hmm. And so Sean, could you hit us with maybe just a couple purposes for fasting and then we can kind of apply that into how to actually fast. Yeah, and I think, and this is a Scott McKnight thing a little bit here as well, the idea is that fasting is a response to a grievous moment. So what Khalil's saying, purposeful, that those sacred moments, are they're purposeful. Um, it could be uh, a sickness with a family member or a friend. It could be um, something broken within relationship or um, within uh, just within your family or, or, or wherever it could be that there is is maybe not even a physical healing or anything but a healing needs to take place or there needs to be a breakthrough somewhere that you have it has moved you to grieve in such a way that you must fast mm -hmm. um, I would say that we as a culture are in a massive grievous sacred moment and I am doing my part to just call all followers of Jesus to fast because our nation is so broken. Our world is so broken. And so it could be um, many of some of those things and many others um, would be the purposeful in. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll let you talk. I know you have a couple others no, I as do. well. I, I still kind of want to throw it back to you because you've mentioned before the idea of like oh, uh, nervous. fasting for remembrance. Oh, um, yeah. And so what exactly is that? Because I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember talking to you about that, but the first yeah. thought I have, yeah, yeah, the first, the first thought I had is, um, um, often, oftentimes I, I would tether it even to, uh, tether it even to, um, Ezra where he, reads the law he reads the torah he reads the um the the rebellion of the nation of israel um he, he reads all the things that took place and he tears his clothes he calls the nation together and they fast together uh asking for forgiveness but even the idea kind of the concept there even is just to remember it they remembered who God was or who he is and who their God is and what he's done. And so there was a, there was a grievous moment and then there was fasting. Yeah. Uh, that would be the thought I had, I guess that yeah. maybe that's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, talking just, about. maybe even just, yeah, remembering, remembering God and recognizing our sinfulness and, yeah. and our hearts breaking over that. I think we do see that a lot through the old Testament. You know, Jonah is a great example. You mm -hmm. have the, the prophet Jonah goes to Nineveh and, uh, from the king all the way down to the cows, there's this grieving and fasting over their own brokenness. And it's not, and it's a response of repentance to God. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's the desperation posture is, wow, we are so broken. We have missed the mark so much. We are, we are fasting in grief and anguish mm -hmm. and turning back to the Lord. So that's a great example. Um, and, yeah. I, and I just think of even, yeah, grief over sin. So uh, I'm going to add to the, the idea of grief and even thinking about 
maybe you're battling, um, you're battling some sin in your own life, you know, whether it's, um, it really could be anything. It could be, it could be, uh, pride. It could be, um, some sense of humility. It could be, uh, it could be, um, lusts or something that you're, you've just been battling and fighting for a long time and not experiencing any breakthrough over, but you're broken over the condition of your own heart. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you could actually fast for a purpose in saying in fasting for breakthrough. So, um, yeah. it, it may be a little provocative here, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention like pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you Absolutely. find yourself in a, in a, in sexual sin or a trap there, but you desperately desire breakthrough. You desperately want to be free. Well, what about fasting right. for as for a few days, specifically fasting to say, um, I desire breakthrough in this area. I desire freedom from the sin or this temptation or this trap more than I desire food, more than I desire physical gratification, more than I desire, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there would be a really good example of fasting for a purpose for maybe some spiritual breakthrough or to curb the, the physical and the fleshly desires and to submit them to your spiritual desires, which right. are greater. Um, right. So there's a good example. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a, huge example i even think of um just the the physical you know you're talking to the mental there but the physical aspect of it um healing for somebody Mm -hmm. um that you would deprave yourself food or drink in order to to see maybe maybe the results will not not for the results necessarily but just you the response is that's the only response you have mm-hmm. is to do that. So, you know, you obviously would love to see a healing take place, but if it doesn't, we still feel like this is the response that needs to take place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, to get really practical, there's a couple different purposes for fasting. I think it is good to always connect it with grief or anguish right. or uh, just that, that longing of the heart for more and more of God. Um, so three things I would suggest for anyone seeking to get started fasting. Number one, determine your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, for what reason are you fasting? Um, for what purpose are you fasting? Get that uh, locked in your heart. And then secondly, determine the type of fast. So there are just several different types of fasts. You can do, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's the no food at all fast. Uh, you know, you could fast everything but water. Some people do liquid fast. That's actually the one that I've done the most of, yeah. um, fasting food. Um, or, and, and just switching to something like liquids. So maybe like a, a bone broth or something, uh, in the evening to get some amino acids, chicken noodle um, soup without mm-mm. the chicken and chicken noodles. noodle soup with, yeah, it's the soup without, <laughs> without any of the soup, <laughs> just the, just the liquid, but, um, or, you know, uh, something that was suggested to me once that I really like was like doing like a coconut juice and pineapple juice mixture. Uh, so you get some sugars throughout the day, but you're fasting food. So you're still going to feel that hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or there's a Daniel fast, um, which I don't know if you'd want to unpack a little bit of what a Daniel fast is. Yeah, you find it in Daniel, uh, two different places. One is uh, obviously chapter one, but where they would they chose only specific foods to eat mm-hmm. um, based off of what was given to them from King Nebuchadnezzar's table. And so uh, it's basically fruits and vegetables, um, low to no carbs, you know, kind of thing. Avoiding no sweets, sugars. no sugars, you know, uh, that it preservatives any additives there um and so a great book i'm forgetting his name right now but it's uh and now i'm forgetting the book title 
<laughs> sorry. It's uh, God's Chosen Fast. Um, I think it's Wells or Wallace. I can't remember. Um, yeah, Wallace. Wallace, yeah. God's Chosen Fast. It's a, it's a great book to, to read on that. Very practical as well. We'll um, drop that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we do that. And the, and there's uh, typically it's they say either a ten day or a twenty one day um, for the Daniel fast. So, and so the important thing when you're choosing uh, the type of fast is to know your body. Mm-hmm. And um, I I always yield this to God um, as I'm considering my fast. The great thing about Christian fasting is amazing. God, Jesus tells us to do it. He expects us to do it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't say exactly how, which gives us a lot of freedom in our walk to choose how we go about fasting. And so I would say that gives us incredible freedom to come before God and to seek him and to ask him what kind of fast we might do. So you might feel led to do uh, a liquid fast, or you might feel led to do a Daniel fast. And I mm-hmm. think any of those things are faithful. So, and knowing your body. So if you have dietary restrictions or um, you know, we, we don't want anyone passing out on, in the workplace <laughs> right, or, right. Uh, or doing something that puts you in physical detriment uh, or danger. But um, knowing your body, knowing what's healthy for you and, and picking a fast that corresponds with that would be good. Yeah. Um, and then so determine a purpose, determine a type of fast. And then lastly, determine a duration. Um, and that's where I would say, how long are you going to fast? Is this a one meal fast? Is this a, a one day fast? Is this a multi-day fast? Uh, figure out that duration. And then the reason that picking a duration at the forefront is really important is because it will get hard along the way. (laughs) So if you've decided to do a fast for an extended period of time, you might find your body growing weak and you having the sense of maybe I should stop my fast now, but if you pick a deadline or a, a timeline, it just gives you some extra backing to stay committed through the process. I find if I start a fast, but I haven't picked how long I'm going to do it, uh, when I get hungry enough, that's when I decide to fast sentence. <laughs> and so um, I just, that's a real practical help for you on that one. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I would also say it's, it's seasons too, rhythms, you know, um, I would, I would, you know, recommend and, and encourage, uh, you know, a monthly fast, Mm -hmm. you know, some of you might get bold and say, I I can do a weekly thing. Mm -hmm. Um, this was very common. Jewish tradition was Monday and Thursday, um, sundown to sun up, sun up to sundown. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, there's now in Christian tradition took that and went Wednesday, Friday. And so there was rhythm. It was built into the calendar. It was built into their life. And so I would encourage, you know, is it a, a monthly thing where you do two day? I just, uh, I just texted my running partner. I call him my running partner. And, uh, he and I are looking into doing a two day once a month fast together. Awesome. So, um, yeah, it's, it's also understanding rhythms too. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is it goes from being just a one-off thing you do, or, you know, mm-hmm. you're feeling it now you're, you're on a spiritual high, you're ready to go now, but down the road, you're not feeling it. So you don't do it. Yeah. Having maybe a monthly commitment that you, that you put in your calendar. I want to fast once a month uh, right. for a couple of days or every week I want to fast, uh, one day, or I want to fast one meal or whatever that looks like. Um, right gives you a rhythm so that now it becomes a part of your life, a part of who you are, so that you are continually realigning your heart and your spirit under the authority of God um, on a continuous basis, more than right. just a, a random happenstance, but now a rhythm of life and a rhythm of faith. 
Right. And some people, you know, you get bold and you're like, you've never fasted. You want to be like Jesus and you go into the desert for 40 yeah, days. He went 40 days. It's like, <laughs> I love Jesus. I'm going 40 yeah. days. And then you end up just not doing it. The best fast <laughs> to do is the one that you know you'll do. Yeah. And so start out, if you've never done it, start out small, uh, do a meal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and say, and see how that goes. Go into a place where you're not going to be bothered and have your Bible and a pen and some, you know, maybe some music, but yeah. Um, you know, just start, start bite size yeah, and then dedicate that meal time, uh, to the purpose for your fast. So right. are praying for a specific purpose, reading scripture during that time. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I would just encourage you to, now that you've, um, I'll kind of recap now that you have picked a purpose for your fast, you've determined the type of fast, you have determined the duration of your fast. Now, as you are committed to that fasting process, you're going to get hungry. Uh, it's yeah. going to happen. Your stomach's going to growl at you and the immediate response I always have is, man, I'm really hungry. But now you can turn that uh, that physical hunger into a spiritual power where you're saying, no, I am more hungry for this purpose mm-hmm. than I am for food. And so as your your flesh is crying out for that physical need, you you then overpower it with the spirit and that spiritual purpose for your fasting. So no, uh, I hunger more for this breakthrough. I hunger more for whatever purpose I'm seeking God. I hunger more for this thing than I do for food. And every time you feel that growl in your stomach, every time you sense that hunger, that that just light, that weakness, um, that actually becomes a trigger and a reminder for you to pray for the very purpose that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes your fasting very powerful, very purposeful. Um, and actually a great joy because you, yeah. you, you will sense the nearness of God because you are in it with him and he is in it with you. So, um, definitely. Yeah. And then the last thing we would maybe say on this is, uh, if you're just starting to fast, uh, maybe even share this episode with a friend yep. and invite someone into a fast with you. Maybe you have a couple, a friend or two who would be, uh, willing or interested in stepping into the discipline of fasting and you can do it together. Um, because, and Sean, you've said this a lot, but, yeah. but, uh, Christianity is communal always before it's personal. Right. And so there's, there's a strength in fasting for a purpose as the body of Christ together and knowing that there's some other people in your corner doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's be real. Um, you're more likely to have a really good experience if you do it with someone else. Mm-hmm. If you do it alone, it's like, you know, and that doesn't mean you go tell it everybody, but right. it's not, you know, the, the point is, is that, um, you have, built in a structure for success with it. And at the end of it, you're going to find yourself, uh, you're going to find it more joyful, like you said, and, and a great experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so we hope that helps you yeah. uh, begin to pursue the spiritual discipline of fasting. We know this episode is a little bit longer than yeah. uh, some of our others on spiritual disciplines, but we just thought it was important to unpack and give you some practical steps so that you could begin to walk through that. And then, of course, as always, invite someone to your table, invite someone uh, into the process with you, because when we grow together, we go further together, we experience the fullness of Christ uh, more richly together. Absolutely. And always be bringing somebody around the table with you. You won't regret it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us be a part of your spiritual journey. As always, we would love if you would give us a rating and a review. It just takes a second, but it means the world to us, helps more people find the podcast. Um, and then share this podcast with someone. We, Our heart is that more people would discover uh, these tools so that they can continue to grow in their life. That's really what it's all about to us. And it means the world just to know that you are listening, sharing it with friends, and that people are experiencing all that God has for them. So thanks for jumping in. Thank you.